Hello, friends, and welcome to the Rogue Planet Podcast. My name is Jason, and I'm here with my friends, Caleb and Maureen. Hello! Yes, we are here doing the Rogue Planet Podcast, and want to mention quickly that our guests on the show today, we have two. It would be Ryan Sims and Danny Torgerson from the crazy zany band Captain Squeegee, who just uh, returned from South by Southwest. So, talk to them later in the show, but Let's start it off, guys. How's it going? How how was your week, Caleb? My week was uh, busy as always, playing yep. playing lots of music. We're playing Crazy Tom Banana P- Pants is playing with Demon Waffle again at uh, at this place called the Emerald Lounge in Asheville tomorrow. And uh, <clears throat> the radio, the local radio, just loves to tell people that Crazy Tom Banana Pants and Demon Waffle are playing a show. They've got like a loop, some clip loop on a commercial of somebody making fun of our band name which is awesome because that just promotes it non-stop so that's pretty cool well it sounds like a satanic breakfast dish it is demon waffle man they are amazing they are a really really good band they're another you should band. uh you should actually use that in your marketing and quote maureen on that yeah say, it sounds like a satanic breakfast what well i mean you got the banana <laughs> topping awesome. on the, the evil waffle oh yeah yes. that's true that's where I was going with that. It works. I like it. How was your week, Maureen? Mm. My week's been a little painful so far. Um, had a little drowning sensation this weekend, but I'm officially 100% certified open water diver. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah, and then I um, I got some needles stabbed in me on Monday and also today in my wrist. So Maureen has a drug problem. Yeah, no. Um Getting some some issues fixed before my trip with uh, the old uh, tendonitis arm. So that Maureen's was fun. old. Yeah, <laughs> I'm falling apart. Granny, for sake, <laughs> Granny. So yeah, so nothing exciting this week so far for me. Granny Edelsberry had to get her insulin shot. <laughs> Pretty much. What about you, yeah. Jay Stonic? I will never call you that again. I like that. Go with it. It's I'm better just, than some of the names you use for me. I'm going to do it with the silent J. You will now be Yason. <laughs> yes, I, I sometimes uh, am referred to as Yason. I'm sure that's how our RPJ, our, our, our friend from Mexico, would refer to me. Vato! Yason. Um, you know, to be honest, I, um, and this isn't due to alcohol or anything else, but I always have trouble remembering what happened to me the, uh, the previous week. Just because there's always so much going on, it's kind of a blur. I hear you. So I can't think of anything that particularly stands out as awesome or amazing or or noteworthy. Um, I was on TV again. That's fun. But oh, uh, yeah, that's rad. Yeah, 
Other than that, uh, just uh, a little bit of disappointments because I was planning to uh, have some trips coming up. You know, I really wanted to go to NAB, the big National Association of Broadcasters Convention Expo, big hoopla thing in Las Vegas where every camera manufacturer and basically manufacturer of anything audio or visual is present um, with booths where you can check out all their new technology love going to that it's kind of like a toy story you walk around and look at all this awesome technology that you could never afford uh but i don't think i'm going to be able to pull that off and i was trying to hoodwink you into uh joining me in vegas caleb but uh we missed our opportunity with that yeah i know i'm super bummed but i get to go on a really awesome trip to ozark arkansas in april Oh, are you going to the Ozarks conference? I am. Micah's bringing me along as his plus one, and I figure, why the hell not? Mm-hmm. I, fun. It's always fun to listen to Dolores Cannon. That, <laughs> I, I was waiting for the squeak of her rocking chair. Sorry. Uh, yeah, well, have fun with that. Have you ever Have you ever been to uh, to that part of Arkansas? I actually heard that the town is pretty cool. Um, yeah. But, you know, and it's really weird. My The saxophone player in Crazy Tom Banana Pants, Will, is going to be up there just randomly. Him and his wife do this thing where they go and they put a stamp in uh, in a book for every national park they go to just to travel, just kind of have a reason that's to go. Fun. And uh, and that's where one of the stamps are. So he's going to be up there the exact same weekend I am. So we're probably just going to hang out. Well, you should coordinate that, and then you should uh, talk to Dolores and get Crazy Tom Banana Pants to pay, to play at the Ozark <laughs> UFO Conference. If there's one person I know would love Crazy Tom, it's Nick Pope. <laughs> well, that's true. That's true. I don't approve of this band. That's what he would say initially. Yeah. But um, as the drinks continued, <laughs> yeah. his, uh, he would be your biggest fan, and he'd be out there falling all over the floor. One of my favorite memories of um, the UFO conference or Congress uh, last time was trying to convince Nick Pope to do a drunk history. He did lots of drunk things. But not drunk history. No. No, but his his impressions are great. Yeah. I think they're all about the same, but they sound hilarious. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Well, let's jump into some news because there have been some interesting news stories, news developments lately, and uh, first let's talk about Ghostbusters briefly, the ongoing Ghostbusters 3 saga. Yeah. Uh, apparently, this is, I'm bummed about this, but uh, Ivan Reitman is not going to be directing yeah, I just read that. Ghostbusters 3, and that's a bummer. I mean, he's still going to produce, but he's not going to direct. So, major bummer on that. Um, but something interesting that he said was that, you know, there's there's been all of these rumors and discussions about how all through this whole process of trying to get Ghostbusters 3 to happen, um, Bill Murray wasn't on board and they couldn't get him to agree to be in the film. Well, according to Ivan, Bill Murray never said no. Like when they approached him, like when they were trying to make this happen, nobody could get in touch with Bill for, the, for like two years. Yeah. And... He never, he never said yes, but he didn't say no. I mean, I still don't think he's going to do it, but well, the, it was interesting to he, see. He was too busy crashing parties in Brooklyn yeah. and weddings and whatever else he was doing. 
Bill actually lives not too far from us now. He lives down in Charleston, South Carolina. So I'll just go down there and and wrangle him up. Now, I saw a bunch of interviews with him where he was just saying basically if it was a good script, he would do it. But the the biggest problem was that the writers from The Office who had done that year one movie with Michael Sarah and Jack Black, which in my opinion was a complete piece of shit, he saw that and he just did not think it was funny at all. And he was like, if those guys are writing this movie, I'm not doing it. Like, it's it's probably going to suck. Well, and it, it may very well suck. Because what Ivan has said is that the new script that they're pretty much settled on is a, quote, version of Ghostbusters that has the originals in a very minor role. Right? It's a new batch of ghost-busting compadres. Yeah, and who wants to see that? Yeah, Yeah. I mean, in my opinion, ever since Harold Ramis died, it's just kind of like, now that I've thought about it a little bit, it's just kind of like, why? You know, why even do it? Yeah, if you don't have him, you don't have Bill Murray, it's kind of... Yeah, exactly. Nobody wants to see a Ghostbusters movie where Bill Murray makes a cameo. Right. Well, and on top of that, we're going to uh, dangerous getting away from directors and everything else with the Star Wars news that came out this week that uh, it's actually going to take place 30 years after we left left off. And um, I saw a picture today that our buddy Aaron Seggers posted that was a meme of J.J. Abrams. And it said, if you screw this one up, you're going to be forever known as Jar Jar Abrams. And <laughs> yeah, I love that, and I think it's quite fitting. Well, yeah, I, so the, yeah, yeah. The Star, Star Wars news this week was that uh, they announced that principal photography is going to begin on Episode Seven mm-hmm. in May, and uh, that it's going to star a trio. I mean, this is the same story. Yeah. It's going to star a trio of new young leads along with some very familiar faces. Right, and the only character that they will 100% confirm is R2-D2. Right. <laughs> well, That's the easy one. Mm-hmm. It's uh, <clears throat> If they're going in the direction that I kind of hope they're going, there was a novel that was written a little while after... Um, it was a, you know, there was a ton of Star Wars novels after the fact, but there was one where it was the uh, daughter of... It was like Luke and Leia's kids and Han Solo's kids, and there's like a group of like rebel, um, or not rebel, but there's like a group of terrorists basically that that are doing like terrorist acts in the name of like the old empire, like in the name of like Palpatine and all that crap. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Luke and Leia and Han's kids have to go learn how to be Jedi's and go kick the shit out of the guys. And it was actually a really cool book, and I thought that was a pretty cool concept. So if they go in that direction, I think it'd be pretty fun. Because, I mean, hell, you know, Mark Hamill and Harrison Ford, they can't really do too much action at this point. Well, I, d- I don't know. I mean, Harrison Ford is pretty incredible. He manages to kick some ass even at his age. Yeah. Oh, my life. Um, you know, I really, really hope to see Billy D. Williams in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's too busy talk, on Dancing with the talk Stars. Talk about old. <laughs> he's he's uh, approaching 77 next month. Man. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if either of you saw his uh, first thing on Dancing with the Stars. The Wookiee impression? I felt so bad for him. He did uh, a cha-cha routine, and it was a Star Wars cha-cha routine. I mean, there were 
stormtroopers and there were Ewoks and <laughs> you know the Star Wars music was playing. Like it was <laughs> too like a version of the Star Wars theme. But he's seventy seven years old and he's had like two hip replacements. <laughs> so like he really doesn't do very much. He's it not is... very animated, but he smiles, and you know it's Star Wars, and it's cool. So he's like doing what he can. It's a fucking cha cha, you know. It's just... like really incredible stuff. And he did the routine flawlessly. He just doesn't have much flair, and the judges ripped him apart. And he just kind of sits there like an old man, smiling and kind of laughing under his breath. But he's seventy-seven years old. Well, what and in... I heard I heard on the radio. I was driving to work one day, and they were laughing about him on Dancing with the Stars, and they said, you know, but it was weird because one of the judges was like, oh, my husband does a Chewbacca impression. Will you do it for do it for us? Do it for us. And the guy on the radio was like, why the hell is Lando doing a Chewbacca impression? It was the worst. It's worse than I could do. It was I did not so see that. Bad. It was like, roo, 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 roo. <laughs> <laughs> what, what I want to see is Billy D just gives up and he just, they have him just ride out on R2-D2, <laughs> like sitting on R2 and it just kind of wheels him around while everybody else is dancing around him. Drinking a Colt 45. Yeah, exactly. That'd be awesome. Well, I hope he's in there and, you know, a lot of people, uh, one of the, the favorites of fans is, has been uh, Wedge Antilles, played by Dennis Lawson in the originals. And uh, Slash Film recently uh, posted that a friend of Dennis Lawson reported that uh, he he said he won't appear in Episode 7 for just a small cameo. So I, I guess he is Mr. Mr. Big Shot and thinks that's above him. To wedge? Appear, yeah, to appear for a small cameo. Out of, out of so all they, the people that could be prima donnas about Star Wars, it's Wedge Antilles. Well, he's got a lot in the additional stories, you know, in the books and yeah. stuff with the Rogue Squadron and everything else. Um, but I guess his friend said we spoke to him when he was doing a signing last year, and he said he wasn't interested in just a cameo, but if there was a fully rounded and expanded role for him in the film, he would consider it script and price pending. You know, oh, what, yeah, of course. You know what freaks me out to think about is, okay, so, you know, Obi-Wan comes back as like a ghost and mentors Luke. Is is Vader going to come back as a ghost and just be hanging around? Cuz I kind of I would kind of rather just not see Darth Vader. Anything I would think that his legacy just needs to stay completely just like, you know, legendary, I, man. I think they'll probably bring him in. I could see him like the head of Oz. You know the hologram <laughs> in the in the fortress of solitude. Yeah, <laughs> I am your I am your father, Luke, and now I'm a giant head like Superman. This is pretty well, kick-ass. And this might get very... that'd be cool if it was just like a Vader head. Yeah. I would like that better than the stupid old man ghost body. I I have um, a Star Wars package coming to me tomorrow, which. I'm really excited. One of the things is a new Han Solo action figure with removable what? things. Wow. We'll removable how... things? What are you talking yeah. about? She said it had <laughs> a removable package. <laughs> no. Uh, so we'll see how that uh, the quality is on that. I'm excited for that. But one thing I was that really struck me is this might get really overwhelming is the fact that they announced that in between the trilogy, they're going to start releasing one Star Wars movie every year. And in between the trilogies, it is going to be the movies focused on specific characters, like yeah. on Solo's special flight mission. And they're also working. Uh, I mean, there's still plans to do um, 
the live action TV show, doing that, and uh, yeah, episode seven hits theaters. I just man, I, December eighteenth, two thousand fifteen, and they're gonna they're gonna go pretty fast. I want to see it on Broadway. I kind of worry about going the TV series route because like they've done it before. Well, like in my opinion, it kind of just dilutes the specialness of the whole thing because I mean like the movies are so epic. At least three of them are, uh, <laughs> and. And I feel like when you just, I don't know, I mean, with the Clone Wars, I guess it, see, I really enjoyed that that thing because with CG, you really can do so much. And with it be kind of like a cartoon uh, thing, you can just bring all kinds of weird, crazy monsters. But it's like if you're trying to do live action, it's kind of hard to put that much effort into the CG and make it look movie quality on, right. a, on a weekly basis. You know what no, I mean? I, I, I agree with you that it, it does sort of, sort of cheapen it, but I don't think there's any way around it. I mean, yeah. it's like you've got like overload with everything Marvel and DC yeah. right now. And, and that's my know. thing is like, I've been watching agents of shield and I mean, dude, it's pretty damn tame hmm. for, for what it is. I mean, it, it, to me, it doesn't really enhance the Marvel universe very much. Well, I would like to point out that, uh, while right now people might be filling out their, uh, their brackets for, College basketball for NCAA. Uh, I did that today. We got I was suckered into it at work. Working in an office, you kind of get forced into those things. But uh, Star Wars does one too, as do a lot of different things that are nerdy and fun. But Star Wars also has their own bracket. So I need to make sure to remember to tomorrow fill out my Star Wars bracket. Wait, what's the bracket for? It's it's just like the the final four bracket, the college basketball, but it's Star Wars. So you go through and choose characters who are pinned up against each other and choose who will win. And then the Star Wars, I think it's the official Star Wars site does it. They'll just decide who wins and in the end you find out how well you did in your bracket. So okay. it's all based on a lot of bullshit. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's a fantasy football team for Star Wars. Yes. But that has no real backing of stats is what you're telling me right because really is Chewie really going against Lando probably not it could maybe they've got him locked in a room somewhere and this is actually happening but I'm surprised General Grievous didn't just kill everybody that dude if he just hit if he had not had that smoker's cough he could have ruled the galaxy maybe he did Maybe he'll oh, come back. That maybe was, that's really what happened. General Grievous was a badass character because, he was. like, he was like he was human, and then he got like wrecked in the war, and they put his like brain in a damn robot. That was so cool. Oh, I'm looking at the bracket right now, and uh, apparently some of the first rounds have already taken place. So they had R2D2 up against Wedge. R2D2 won. Absolutely. Sorry, Wedge. <laughs> you got your ass kicked by a two foot tall droid. They had Yoda against uh, Qui-Gon Jinn. Yoda, Yoda. won. Yeah, Absolutely. Clearly. No shit. You can't get Darkman to kick Yoda's ass. Tarkin was against Admiral Piet. Tarkin won. Who did Admiral uh, Akbar fight? I don't think he's gone yet, but let me look. Boba Fett was against Greedo. Oh, Boba give Fett me a won. break. <laughs> these are, these are piss-poor pairings, man. <laughs> well, this is the first round, you know. I mean, you got to save some good stuff for the end. Yeah, that's true. Uh, who did you ask about? Akbar. It's a crap. Uh, so he's against Princess Leia. Okay. 
Leia probably kicked his ass. She that hasn't gone Not yet. yet. Ooh. Yep. Might be an upset. You that never is, know. That is my. I, yeah, I could dig that. If Akbar kicked Leia's ass, I'd laugh my ass off. That'd be great. So much ass in that last sentence. But I, I disagree with you know some of the images they're using on this because they've got Luke against Obi Wan, and of course they've got younger Obi Wan from the newer movies. Mm. Yeah, dude, I swear to God. If they bring back Hayden Christensen to play Ghost Darth Vader, I am going to be <laughs> so mad. There's yeah. no way. I don't think J.J. would be that dumb. No. I think they should just finally quit quit uh, fooling themselves and just have James Earl Jones appear. Like this blackhead. Shit, Darth yeah. Vader. <laughs> this is CNN, Luke. <laughs> That'd be pretty awesome. Yeah, All right. Dude. Well, that's a lot of Star Wars talk for today. That was fun. We we uh, I don't know. I think we like Star Wars. Next, <laughs> but I want to briefly talk about. I don't know how excited you guys are for this kind of stuff, but I'm I'm kind of hyped right now on wearable technology, especially the uh, the smart watches. And uh, Google just announced that uh, they're launching this thing called Android Wear. It's a special uh, operating system specifically designed for wearable devices. And so they've got partnerships with various manufacturers, and they're going to, I mean, they're focusing on these watch devices. They're going to have their own own version of Android and uh, basically give you a smartphone on your wrist. As someone who has had to be in an office with someone with one of the watch devices, the Samsung one, um, I will say that it is pretty annoying. Uh, Why? They, A, you have two items ringing instead of one right. in a quiet office. and then That's also, a person thing, though. They need to put it on yeah. silent. And then you also have them talking to their watch at their ear so you can hear both sides of the conversation. So I think that there's got to be some regulation <laughs> involving how to use said watch device. But otherwise, it's a pretty cool concept. I think it's great, uh, you know, because I think about being able to, you know, I always have my phone with me. It's always in my pocket. Um, so it's, I mean, it's relatively easy to get to, but, you know, when my feel my pocket buzz or whatever, somebody's texting me or I'm getting a, a G-chat or anything else, you know, I just look at my wrist and see if I want to bother pulling my phone out of my pocket. You know, it's kind of yeah. a faster way to, to get information and get the, the text right on your wrist, see who's calling you on your wrist and see if you want to answer, pull out your phone, whatever. Well, it's fun. It's very futuristic. Uh, for me, I feel like with with a watch, it's the ultimate opportunity for it, for any tech to vibrate, to alert you to something, because it's literally like always touching your skin. It's like always on you. Yeah. Um, but then again, I can see why a bunch of people would want something that like squeaks at you and makes noises because it's totally like, you know, some shit they've seen in Star Trek or whatever. But I mean, it, I I can never get excited about anything that has either Windows OS or Dro Droid OS because every single device that I've ever owned with that with Droid uh, operating system on it just it works fine for the first three months and then it just starts sludging and like getting so slow and so like bogged down. And uh, well, and I will say that it's my personal opinion that that is a fault of the manufacturer of the particular project or product 
because what happens with a lot of the products that run Android, uh, they do their own mods and mm-hmm. really screw screw the system up and you know change it to do things it wasn't meant to do and and try to customize it whatever i mean rather than being just a pure version of the platform it was meant to be so with all the the crap that they put into it i think that causes a lot of problems yeah and i mean like uh, even though there are some some kind of like shitty things that come along with iPhone stuff like syncing music and syncing apps and having to do that rather than with, you know, the kind of open source you could just th- kind of throw music on something with the Droid OS. The th- the great part about Mac is, you know, it's it's streamlined. It if you have like a newer phone like the 5S, it moves at the speed of you, you know, it's you're not sitting there waiting for much to load and if it is, it's it's the problem with that specific app rather than the operating system in general. So I've seen a couple of designs that they have for the iWatch and stuff like that. I guess the one that the one that I've seen looked pretty cool. Those are but, all fake. Yeah, I know. But I, I'm just saying if they made if they made any of them look like some of the, the designs I've seen, it might be pretty cool. But I just don't really know if I would have a serious need for that. Nobody has a need for any of this crap. It's yeah. just toys. It's <laughs> yeah. fun. Mm-hmm. I love the people who claim that they need this technology. No, we don't need any of it, but it, it, it's fun. I definitely need my iPhone. That's for damn sure. Well, I'm definitely dependent on mine, but... Uh... That's why I sometimes like it when I um, go hiking and I have the... I do have Android for phone, but I'm Mac everywhere else. But um, the phone I have right now sucks balls. I'm going to say that. What is it? Um, it's an HTC Resound. I've never it was even heard like, of that. Yeah, it was like when the Droid was out brand new, too. It was like either I could pay $600 for the Droid or I could get this other $600 phone for free. Well, now I know why it was for free because the battery life on it is the worst I've ever seen in a phone. Anyways, besides that, the battery dies within a half day. So a lot of God. the times I'm left with absolutely no phone and it feels awesome and it always reminds me of high school when oh yeah i never had a cell phone in high school like you you didn't have a way to communicate with people all the time i kind of like being unreachable too who is your provider verizon now really because man i I was on t-mobile but i switched did you just not want to do an iphone no because uh you know i have a big problem with the fact that the iphone screens crack so easily yeah i've seen it in you know 800 different people just shattered phones and taping them together and uh i have never had an android phone break on me well i mean there's ways of getting around it i mean you could the only thing is it's you can get those like life proof cases but they're super bulky but I was under the impression that with with Verizon right now, you can get like a free iPhone 4S if you sign up with a new contract. Right. But um, when I signed up for a new contract, I chose an expensive Android phone that sucked instead. Just the, the luck of the And so now I'd have to pay full price for an iPhone if I wanted it. That sucks. It does. I have a uh, Nexus tablet. Um, and that is a Google product, so it runs the the Nexus or the uh, or not the Nexus. What do I have? No, you have the Nexus, isn't it? Is it the Nexus? I'm pretty sure you. I think it's the Nexus. Yes. Um, 
So it, it runs pure Android. It's the purest form of Android you can get. And I even uh, contemplated before getting my most recent iPhone, uh, getting the Nexus phone because of that, because it is a pure version of Android. And I, I played around with it. Uh, it's a, you know, they're cool devices. I like my tablet. It works just fine for what I need a tablet for. But I don't know. I just still really like my my iPhone and how it works and does what I want it to. And I think something that Apple's done really well is what people criticize it for and, and, and go to Android for. And that's the inability to customize a lot of things because let's face it a lot of people are stupid and when they customize things they screw stuff up and make it not work the way it's supposed to yeah yeah i don't know it's a little, it's a little frightening now that uh because steve jobs kept um adobe like flash out of the operating system because it was just not compatible it made it crash all the time but now the ceo of adobe is working for apple so I'm sure they're going to start integrating all kinds of stuff like that. And I would not be surprised if we did not see a, a huge new slew of problems with the new Mac operating system. Mm. New problems will always come, but yes. That, but that's what makes life fun. Sometimes. Sometimes that's why people jump off buildings. Yeah, but, you know, I don't understand suicide. What are you talking about, Bitcoin? <laughs> <laughs> How did this turn into Bitcoin? I don't know. Just Let's avoid Bitcoin. <laughs> hey, you into- know what? Let's jump into our interview because we're going to talk with uh, two of the guys in the seven-piece band, Captain Squeegee. And I've known these guys since they were little boys. They still are little boys, but uh, I've known them since they were like 14 years old. And uh, back then, I could tell that they had... Uh, some zaniness and some talent. So I, I work with these guys a lot. And uh, now I still manage to work with them in various capacities related to stranger things like UFOs and whatnot. But uh, here is Ryan and Danny from the band Captain Squeegee. So you guys just uh, got back from the little little world known as South by Southwest, right? Yeah, it's kind of a large world. Large world. Many people, many places. All right, so I need to hear about this because I surprisingly have never been. Why? Really? <laughs> because it's in Texas. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I don't know. No, yeah, no. no. I mean, that, that is a deterrent, but I, I know that Austin is awesome, and I don't know. I just never managed to make it there. Austin is definitely a, a bit of a cultural island in Texas, and so in that sense, it's a little thing. You know, it's, but what it about when he comes back here? What's that? Oh, Austin. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, Austin. We uh... did bring Austin to Austin. <laughs> Austin. To he Austin. made a post about it on Facebook. It did really well. Nice. Everyone liked that. That was very clever. I uh, I don't know, man. Austin is probably one of my favorite cities that I've ever been to ever. I mean, every weekend, not even for South by, they just shut down like an entire street where there's more venues that you can count, and all of them have live music, and all of them have people in there. And the musicians are probably getting paid, so that's right. pretty cool. Yeah, beyond South by Southwest, Austin is certainly <laughs> certainly a music town, like just all the time. It, it, it doesn't stop. It sounds completely overwhelming, though. Is it? I mean, I mean, I, I, I can't picture you there. I, I picture you getting lost very easily, and nobody <laughs> well, else can find you. Where, everyone's lost. <laughs> where did Danny go? Yeah. That's part of the fun is you get lost. Yeah. Actually, no. Uh, the night that we went out, I made sure to wear a bright reflective ski jacket so that I could be found easily. 
It's true. Well, that's yeah. good, and that's better than what I thought you were going to say. When you started saying that, I thought you were going to say, when I went out, I made sure to wear a bra. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Sexy night on the town. I mean, I got to... Oh. I got to make good impressions out there. <laughs> no, it's overwhelming at first, and then you kind of become a little desensitized to it, and then towards the end, you just are completely and utterly drained. Yeah. And then, you know, it's very almost underwhelming because you're just so, you've been so barraged with stimulus the past, you know, five days or whatever that it's at at certain point you just can't really do, consume it was anymore. overwhelming like an incredibly hot supermodel, like... Like, you think you could probably never, like, score with her, but she's super hot. Yeah. And so, like, you still want to talk to her, even though it's overwhelming. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's South by to me. And it's not so, like, overwhelming and just oversaturation, like a uh, a bad, bad night of drinking tequila, where the next morning you say, I'm never, ever, ever listening to music ever again. It's not like... <laughs> Just so overdone that you're sick of music after South by. Well, the bands are oddly good. Yeah, at least mo- all the bands that I saw. I think That's we excellent. saw one of the best blues bands in my life. At, yeah, <laughs> out there. Yeah, no, it's true. And they were just at a free, you know, it wasn't a showcase or anything like that. It was just a, a blues jam on Sixth Street, and you know, people drinking beer and um, amazing guitar, blues guitar work on stage. It was it was pretty astounding. That's, I think yeah. that's awesome. So I, I imagine that uh, a lot of these are just kind of shows thrown together in kind of interesting spaces. So how do you guys fare being, what do you have now, eight people in your band? Seven. Seven. It feels like there's eight. Yeah. I don't know why. Depending on how many of Danny's personalities you count. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe like nine or some 13 or so. Depends sometimes. on the day or the hour. Yeah. Right. I mean, we have, between all of us, there are like, I think, 11 or 12 instruments. So it is, it, it, it is quite the, uh, the circus on stage. We, we played some really interesting spaces. <laughs> A lot of times we actually have to, to uh, mark out space in front of the stage and tell people to right. move back because we just can't fit everything on stage or we need you know a little bit of space to move and switch instruments and stuff like that so logistically you know it's sometimes challenging but some shows don't get trombone because there's no room to move the slide yeah or people just get hit in the face (laughs) (laughs) that's one way to get them that's part of the that's part of the fun of a squeegee show though it takes one hit hit the face by a trombone (laughs) all right well let's let's jump into a time machine and back up then and let's talk about this band captain squeegee and uh Explain to people a little bit, uh, so when people ask you about Captain Squeegee, Danny, how do you describe Captain Squeegee? Uh, That's how I describe them usually. But. <laughs> you mean like how we sound or what we are or just the cliff notes or, I don't know. Um, well, if, if somebody finds out you play in a band and your band is Captain Squeegee, they go, oh, that's cool. What's your band like? What do you say? Beer? <laughs> no, but usually that, that factors in eventually. Yeah. I mean, we uh, we kind of have floated through different genre classifications. Well, you're a very complicated band, so it's difficult to describe what Squeegee sounds like. I, I used to I just have... say we're a weird rock band with a horn section. Yeah. And people are usually like, okay, cool. I think that's actually a really good way to describe it. Yeah. Without overcomplicating it. Yeah. I like that. It's just kind of strange, but still rock. Yeah. And we got horns. Yeah. <laughs> How long have you guys been together? What, like 12 years now? Is yeah, I think. Is it on 12 now? Um, 
Yeah, the band, the the name Captain Squeegee was around for a few months before any of the current members were in. Austin joined, I believe, in like August, or no, no, no like May, summer of, of 2002. And then a, a few months later, he brought uh, myself and Danny into the band. So me, Austin, and Danny have been around since fall of 2002, which is, you know, almost you know 12 years or so oh man we're we're, we're little kids we're the trifection we're yeah we're the old pillars <laughs> we've been there scary what we were 14 yeah. yeah yeah my mom used to drive us to band practice <laughs> yeah i remember that yeah <laughs> yeah you know plenty about our history Jay. so an interesting piece of history didn't ryan didn't you start out playing the baritone yeah so oh, yeah. i wasn't a trombone player um and I, as I played euphonium in in like concert band mm-hmm. uh, at school, and which is like a, a small tuba for anyone that hasn't right, heard yeah, of yeah. euphonium. Yeah, it's it's a miniature tuba, but it's a valve instrument, and so, but it's a very not rock or jazz instrument. It's like the most not rock and roll instrument that you could think of. <laughs> oh, you can make it rock. You, you could, did. yeah. You did. So he did. I've never seen anyone rock out with one before, but you did. Right, <laughs> and so. The actual concert instrument isn't uh, very suited to pl- be playing like while you're standing up. So they have a marching baritone, which looks like a fat trumpet. And somehow I got my hands on one of those, and I started playing that. And then I bought a valve trombone. Um, oh, yes. And then I just learned how to play the slide. And I, you know, I could play. I, I knew how to play the slide trombone. I just didn't basically. Mm-hmm. And some of the stuff that Danny wrote for, you know, the trumpet and saxophone. As you know, a fourteen-year-old low brass player was a bit hard to hang with on the slide, so I compensated with the valves. But now I can just play it. <laughs> so. You used to have a super bone where both, it was yeah. a slide and a valve. I remember that. And you could switch between the two. Yes. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. That was a whole. That's a whole world that. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I kind of shut that door a while ago. <laughs> super bone. <Yep. laughs> and Danny, you you uh played a pocket trumpet at one time, didn't you? I did. I guess... Dude, I have that in my closet. You have my Jupiter? Uh-huh. The little trumpet. I thought I sold that. No, it's been at my house, and I've moved several times, and I've just brought it with me. Oh, my God. I thought I... I was sure that I must have sold it or something, because it was gone. I think... I'm, I'm pretty sure Can it's I have it back? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the pocket trumpet. I mean, it's, it's funny. I wish that you and I had been playing... I wish you had been playing the marching baritone when I was playing the parking trumpet because we would have looked like the dumbest, weirdest circus band on earth. Dude. Just like it's a, true. A giant trumpet and then like a little mini trumpet. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the, back then in the ska scene, which you kind of helped cultivate in its heyday, weird stuff like that was cool. No, totally. Know? And so that's what, you know, so it was fine. Nowadays, it's, it's not as cool. But. I found that the pocket trumpet mocked my stature at that time because I was short and fat. Just like the pocket trumpet, and uh, I don't know. I just kind of, after a while, realized that I looked kind of dumb. Well, I don't, I don't know if you remember, but back around that same time, um, the Toasters, Jack Ruby, he was, who was in the trumpet. the band at that time. He was playing a pocket trumpet. He's a big dude, yeah. and he would bust out the pocket trumpet. It looked awesome. It did look awesome. <laughs> I I think he was the reason I got it. Actually, I think I yeah. saw him, and then I, I wanted one. Yeah, yeah. No, it looked cool on stage. So. Okay, good. That's good to know. Maybe I'll bust it back out. I, I just found it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's a very good instrument, though. No. The quality. <laughs> it's, that's not the point. <laughs> right, right. It's the show. It's a visual. Yeah, that's, you're right. 
Who cares how it sounds? Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about your latest album, because you guys just uh, released To the Bardos. Uh, tell me about that There's album. an exclamation mark, Jason. To the Bardos! Right. I'm actually, since this is a question for Danny mostly, I'm going to grab beers. Do you guys need any beers? <laughs> yeah, sure. I'm already I'll, done with mine. I'll take a beer, yeah. sure. All right. I, I've got the album in my hand. Can I try that? There was that yeah. maple... I think it was a maple porter. The maple porter. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm holding the album in my hand, and there is no exclamation point. Oh, you know what? <laughs> Not everyone got the exclamation memo. Yeah. So my apologies for that. But I wanted I, to... I, I understand that that might be the proper way to say it. I just wasn't educated to that fact because I don't see it listed here. You know, so. I think I remember we almost put it on there, but yeah. like the artwork is so classy and kind of... Uh, What's the word? Cerebral? That it didn't seem right to have like a to the Bardos kind oh, of Oh, I don't know. You can make exclamation points work. Yeah, I guess so. Got an exclamation point on my uh my web series, Spacing Out. I like I love exclamation. I like Spacing how in Spanish out. don't they have one at the front and the end? Front and the back. Oh, that's, that's so how you much do better. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do it in English sometimes just because exclamation points are awesome. <laughs> yeah, why not? Yeah, I mean, that we're really happy about that record. That I feel like it was by far the best sound capture of our band. Yeah. We didn't add hardly that much of anything. It's basically the raw thing. I mean, it's we, pretty much just what we do. So you guys recorded this at Flying Blanket, right, with Bob Hogue? Right. That's correct. All right, tell me about that experience. Bob is very, very knowledgeable, very talented. And a super interesting person, yeah. personality-wise. And he's, he's, I mean, he's really, the workflow is good because he's so fast. It's really funny, though. Like, he's got a lot of little um, unique interests. And if he starts talking about them, you'll be, you'll be breaking for about 45 minutes talking about <laughs> something from the 20s or from a Volkswagen. Well, and I'm, I'm curious, Dan. <laughs> famous Bob rant. Yeah, I mean, how, how did, how did, your personality meshed with his because you both have interesting personalities. So. I mean, it was nice to be with another weird person. <laughs> <laughs> we got along real good. Yeah. I must text him at least once a week. Yeah, we're like, we're like besties. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I want to go over there this week, actually. I mean, yeah, you know, I think it's just that anyone that has such a fond appreciation of music is really easy to get along with. Right. You know, we obviously have that. That's like that is the sun in our solar system is freaking music you know so it was easy to get to just hang out and get into it and he really liked our music he was very supportive of what we do danny chris and i had also done some horn sessions for him for oh, some other right. bands and so and it was a maybe a few years ago or so but we we kind of you know we kn both knew about each other and we had worked together before but this was the first actual project that we had done so. we had horn horde for him yeah already that's excellent and uh, apparently he was pleased, so he, <laughs> yeah. that's what we do. The experience was enjoyable, so I called called you back for another round. That's good. That's good. It's always good. Um, so now, does do either of you know if he still plays in the Ataris? I don't think he does right now. No, he plays in he plays in several bands, yeah. but uh, I don't think, I think he's with the Ataris. I think right he now. makes like a celebrity shot every once in a while yeah. on the synthesizer. Nice. But yeah, I mean, he didn't just play with them though. You know, he made their records too, and right, he he toured with them and produced some. Yeah, stuff. yeah. he's in fact the singer of the Ataris came over while we were mixing just to hang out one nice. night, and that was way cool. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, 
Oh, it was really, it was really <laughs> late <laughs> there. It was really late. Yeah, and he just came out of nowhere, and we, yeah, we all three of us hung out. In fact, I think I made him hold. I think I made him hold the camera to film me singing vocals on a song. Way to go! <laughs> Which is super ironic Good now call. later when I think about Good it. Good call, honey. <laughs> yeah. So does Bob have? I mean, I picture him having like this awesome collection of vintage instruments. Does he? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Vintage gear, gear instruments, pictures, memorabilia, everything about Bob is vintage <laughs> and original and analog. And uh, well, yeah, here's the cool. funny thing: like, how old is Bob? He's he's he doesn't seem he's that old. Gotta be in he's, his 30s. I think 30s. He, I, he just hit the 4-0. Oh, yeah. really? I remember. Yeah, I remember he had just gone out for like a, a birthday shebang for his 40. But he he's sort of timeless. It's true. He is, absolutely. Very much so. I mean, just like physically and literally. Yeah, I mean, he's one of those guys you look at and you say, hmm, he could be one of those weird guys who's like 60 but looks really young. Right. But he could also 20. be like 30 and looks well, like he's And I've 50. seen photos of him from the 90s and he looks the exact exactly same the as same. he does right now. Yeah. Exactly the same. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's a good good thing he's got going there. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Bob's awesome. Let's talk about something else that's awesome with this uh, album of yours. Got to commend you guys for this epic uh, video you guys did. This claymation video. Oh. So describe we this didn't do for it. us. Well, yeah, we can't take credit, dude. <laughs> well, I mean... come on, your music inspired it. It's it's what drives it. But I uh, all right. So for people who aren't familiar with this, explain this claymation video. Go for it. Well, a few of us went to high school with our friend Johnny McCone, who later became pretty uh, successful animator. In L.A., he's, like, just up and coming. He just got signed on to Adult Swim, and he's animating for a show. What's the name of the show? Um, Mr. Pickles. Yeah, Mr. Pickles, yep. Yeah, which is I about... like Pickles. <laughs> <laughs> this show is pretty messed up, actually. It's awesome. I mean, classic Adult Swim. But... Wow. Yeah, he, uh, he, he had always kind of been on my radar for a good candidate for, you know, working together, because he's such, he's such a great cartoonist, but... He like recently became like a Vine star. He's like he's like a a Vine celeb. A Vine star, that's hilarious. It's true. He he used that term actually. But yeah. He he uh, figured out that he can make stop motion animation on Vine really easily. You know, because all you do is just press the screen. Yeah. And it takes a quick little picture. So he now is like kind of huge in that world for all of his stop motion animation. And so I just couldn't help but call him. And I said, dude, I was actually we were in the studio. And I just had the idea because I think Ben, our bass player, had said that he just got he just got back from a class on natural disasters that he was taking, and that they asked what their project was: if you could be a natural disaster, what would it be? And then me and Ben just got in this long conversation about like all the cool apocalypses, uh, apocalypse. <laughs> That's not correct. But... Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Go with it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it just kind of sparked in my head that I just called Johnny right away. We were like about to track, and I just didn't want to miss my idea. And I called him and said, dude, I want you to make the apocalypse out of clay. I want you to do it. I, want... I don't think I've ever seen it done. There's no... I mean, I've always wanted us to do something apocalyptic, you know? But we could... there's no way you can afford, you know, like live action apocalypse stuff and... There's no way, you know, we, we don't have some awesome CGI artists to work with, so Clay just seemed like the rad way to go, and he was more than excited to make something longer than 30 seconds, you know, because Vine, all he's done are like, maybe tw- I think it's 20 seconds? So when I gave him a four-minute project, he was excited and a little overwhelmed, and 
he just made probably one of the coolest claymations I think I've ever seen. I, I couldn't I couldn't be happier. It is extremely elaborate, and it's probably the most fun I've had seeing the apocalypse. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's very colorful and, and violent and graphic. I love it. And, uh, yeah, this is for your song, Inevitable, and people can see it at your website, CaptainSqueegee.com. Yeah, it's uh, right there on the front. So I'm sure that uh, he spent a lot of his life creating this project. Is he ready for the next one? <laughs> I don't know, Phil. <laughs> I think so. So we started, uh, I think, this project in October or September, even. Yeah, and, I uh, gave him a call, and we were in studio, so yeah. it must have been... Yeah. It was a marathon, though, and, and you know, he did such a good job, but you think about how, how many hours it took to do that the, those four minutes... That's a weird combo. You're going to have to pay him a lot more next time. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a passion project for him. He even it's said true. that. He said that he had been waiting for something like this because, you know, now he shows everyone this, too. This is, he, you know, he says by far the coolest stop motion he's ever done. And he, he even developed some techniques for this. Wow. I, I still blowing my mind. I wish that he would show it off more, but he, like, built track. Like you know, camera track. Mm-hmm. He, he he uses his iPhone to film yeah. a lot of it. We've got a behind the scenes um, yeah. like video. I, I, is it on the website? I know it's on YouTube. If you it's search Captain Squeegee on YouTube, it's one of the first ones that come up. But it, it's a behind the scenes of how he, you know, went through the process. A lot of the tactics that he used. Um, just it, it's pretty pretty impressive. It's really cool. And like the way he rigged up his iPhone, he he used Legos to make a track. And then he he made a Lego like you know how Legos have wheels and stuff. Yeah. He like made a cart that had his iPhone on it, and he would just literally use like camera track like Hollywood style, which is so cool because that's <laughs> that's like really in the DIY spirit, just soup just based on creativity, um, figuring out how to to tackle a problem in a way that is accessible to just a normal person Make that it has work. an idea. Yeah, yeah that's I love a cool it. Thing. You see all the moving shots. The moving shots are blowing my mind. It's stop motion. I mean, yeah, how do you have moving right. shots, you know? Right, yeah. <laughs> but you know, we lucked out because he, he had just started working at Cartoon Network. So he had access to their studio, and that's where he got a ton of – he got all the clay and a lot of the props. paint and the props and – like you'll see really miniature people, and sometimes those aren't clay; they're like little people. Yeah, it's funny. The smaller it gets, the more expensive it gets. Actually, he was explaining to me. <laughs> yeah, I've heard it's pretty expensive to hire little people for projects. <laughs> like, yeah, t- centimeter tall people. We're talking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd encourage anyone to just watch it, like right now, dude, because it's so cool, dude. I want to show it to everyone. And I'm sure you already have. <laughs> I, I've, I've tried. <laughs> Would somebody be nice? Oh, and yeah, open yeah, my beer. You. Thank you. Sorry. So you guys, you know, having been around for approximately 12 years, have done some fairly interesting things with your fairly interesting band. And uh, <laughs> you guys have played some, some pretty awesome shows, you know, some, some of the big festivals and stuff. But being horn players, you've been able to play horns on a lot of people's albums, mm-hmm. play live, play horns live with a lot of bands. Who are some of the more interesting ones you played with? Let's start from the beginning, I guess, a long time ago. So Danny and I um, you have recorded on pretty much every one of Fayuka's albums. Yep. 
Danny tours with them and is, I guess you're in Fayuka kind of. Right? Sort of, when I can be. Yeah, so Danny's touring with them when, when we're not touring. Do you wear a mask? <laughs> I wore a mask in their music video. Nice. Yeah, por, por que segui, you'll see me. I, yeah, that's I right, we, that's right. We came up with a ridiculous name for me. It was El Danny Blow. <laughs> that's silly. So Danny and I... <laughs> you can do better than that. I thought it was clever because like, I'm playing a trumpet. You know, Danny Blow. Danny Blow. And there's also a weird sexual thing going on. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I like it. (laughs) And then we, let's see. Yeah. So we we recorded with Fayuka a lot. Um, We did some other work for a few other bands that were on a label called Lock and Key, which Mm -hmm. was. That's right. Like, you know, I don't think they're around anymore, but. um, A lot of them are in Authority Zero now, actually. And speaking of Authority Zero, Chris and I played um, with Authority Zero, performed with them. When they were playing with Flogging Molly That's on right. St. Patrick's Day, and in, and like, I I played with Authority Zero just a little bit ago, just maybe four four or five months ago, we worked with Authority Zero. Uh, we're about to track on Funk Junkies. Yeah, we recorded on the right. Funk Junkies album. Oh, I forgot about. Yeah, that. we did, I did too. <laughs> yeah, until just now, I forgot yeah. about that. Uh, who else? We we're whores. Man. I've done a ton. I mean, especially <laughs> the last the couple years, whore. I've been really. <laughs> Really slutty with my horn. I think Danny plays see. with the Vera Groove sometimes. Um, yeah, I did the Vera Groove. Uh, I'm doing Sarah, uh, Sarah Robinson, the Midnight Specials on Thursday, and uh, let's see who else. Uh, uh, Future Loves Past. Um, Chris used to play with Halfo. Um, yeah. I don't know. Basically, like every, every local band that's ever wanted a horn section in Arizona has, has used basically Captain Squeegee. Used us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, uh, in fact, when I did that Veragroove stuff, I tracked over at Red Bull Studios, and that was really cool. Nice. That's a cool spot. That's where they did that song by AWOL Nation, the Sail song. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I worked with a producer from that. And Is that in Santa Monica, California? Yeah, Monica? it's really cool. In fact, I heard that, uh, what's his name? The dude that jumped out of the, he, he jumped out Felix. of the, yeah, he jumped out of the plane super high up. Yeah. He like broke world records for Red Bull. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was there. One oh, was days. he? It was really cool, dude. Whatever, though. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, we we've done a lot of horns. I'd like to do even more. I, I, I love that. I think there should be horns on, you know, all records. So, what are you doing to make that happen? Whoring ourselves out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just it's kind of a word of mouth thing. It has been for us. I mean, we 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 are the go to in Arizona right now for horns, and I'm hoping we'll sort of spread out our wings a little bit. Yeah, and it's good having people. Like Bob, um, exactly. Specifically, who knows of your reputation and has your number? Give you a yeah. call. Yeah. No. Yeah, we're definitely Bob's. We, we are Bob's horns. Excellent. Forever. Excellent. It's a good place to be, dude. Everyone should check out that his website, Flying Blanket. Look at his studio. It's really incredible stuff. He, it is like you said. It's all analog. Right. He's one of the last people to record the tape in the Southwest. It's one of the best places. It's by, I mean, certainly the best place in Arizona, I think, to record. But if not the the region, yeah, it just, people come from out of town. Let's, he's got a little guest house. I even stayed there just anyway, just so I didn't have to ride the bus every nice, day. Nice, nice. But his gear is one thing. But just his knowledge of his gear and and just his musical sensibilities are impeccable. So that's awesome. Yeah, it's it's hard to put a value on that part. So what are the the uh, the visions, the f- future visions and dreams for Captain Squeegee? Uh, premonitions, even? Possibly. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, we're definitely looking, we're trying to work with uh, 
we've been talking to some booking agents, trying to work out uh, um, a really great summer tour. We just started looking at that. We just finished, obviously, this South by tour, so we were kind of wrapped up in that. But I foresee more music videos, especially okay. the rest of this year. Uh, a song called "The Factory." We were already talking to a great music video director here called Maddie Steinkamp in town, and um, there's a, another one that we I've been talking about that's is going to be especially strange and awesome. <laughs> a weird psychedelic explosion in the bridge. Ooh. Duly noted. Oh, yeah, okay. There's, there's supposed to be a, a car chase. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like trippy car chase. <laughs> that sounds terrifying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think we're actually be driving around. I think that's the point. It's like a giant green room. and All right. We're going to be flying through portals and stuff. <laughs> that sounds I don't, about I don't right. think I've told Ryan about it. No, I don't know anything about this. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I foresee a lot more music videos. Uh, and uh, obviously Sean, um, Sean Oliver, who I live with, he he and I make a web series called Lucidity. And uh, we're just wrapping up a new episode of that, but I expect him probably to make a really cool, trippy music video also. I don't think we'll ever make a normal music video. You yeah, I don't, I don't that. see that happening. <laughs> the music uh, just isn't even close to normal enough. Yeah, I'll definitely have you and Sean back on in the future to talk more about Lucidity. Yeah! And some of your other craziness, but uh, yeah, that's cool, and uh, I don't know. Are You, you want to do more video. It re- makes me think of Angels and Airwaves, because they view themselves as like this, not really a band, but more of like this creative body well, that right. does, like, an entity. like you need music be... for video and it's you multimedia know. now yeah. i mean you have yeah. to cover all of the bases basically and the you know people consume um you know different formats of media uh on a daily basis you know so we have to be present in all of them you got to overstimulate man you know what i mean take over the world yeah <laughs> just use like all your limbs at once to just like satisfy the consumer Wow, that's sexy. (laughs) (laughs) I knew you'd like that. Um, Yes. Yeah, yeah, I really foresee a lot of video stuff. We've had success with that in the past, and there's just too many cool songs on this record not to make a bunch of rad videos. I think finally when we've tapped out the video thing, we'll probably just try and make another record. (laughs) It'll be a couple years. I mean, the only way we could go to Bob was we raised all that money on crowdfunding. Excellent, yeah. And you guys did cool stuff with that. I mean... I think the secret behind good, a good crowdfunding campaign is, you know, you have to get creative and, and offer people interesting things. And you guys did, man. You had this badass USB key. Those things are awesome. That's sweet. Yeah. They're shiny, shiny metallic USB keys that look like keys. Yeah. But yeah, actually you can order, anyone could order one. Just go to tothebardos.com. It's right there. We have been shipping them out a lot this last couple months and... And it's pretty exciting. It's just, it's cool. That's more multimedia, you know, but we also offer personal songs yeah. that I am trudging through. <laughs> There's like 36 that I have to write. I gave my, I told myself that I had a year basically. <laughs> so before anyone I think that's can be, reasonable. Before anyone can be really pissed reasonable. at me. Yeah. But there's, there's five up online right now. You can just find them. Look up thank you songs, squeegee. Um, and there's more on the way. That especially. Uh, one cool thing from the key would be uh, there's charts on it, uh, so there's like the score, the, the the musical charts for the songs. That's and very cool. There was a band that recorded 
a, a cover of one of our songs based on the charts that were on the key, which was, I mean, that's, I don't know. Yeah, it's already, it's already started. That was kind of the hope, you know, is if we... Well, what's funny is that we didn't make the charts after the fact. Like, that's when we were that's thinking what about Danny, our band. That's what Danny gave us in the... St- I mean, actually, most of the stuff wasn't completely finished until right there when we were recording. So Danny would give us the charts, and, we, you know, we would play from the music that he wrote, and that's it. And so anyone can do that, you know, if they have the music. Yeah. I just had a sax player online Facebook yesterday that was like, oh, my God, I just read the sax charts. This is amazing. <laughs> I'm going to practice these all day. I was like, okay, cool, man. Yeah, that's awesome. That's, it's just really great. You know, I, and actually I need to post that cover. I'm really glad you brought that up. Yeah. It's cool. They did a good job. Yeah, man. They, they did you a really do. Good job. And then in the future, you need to, you know, try to figure out a, a contest or something to encourage people to cover your songs and come up with, you know, a prize or whatever. That's a great like idea. A private there's concert still time to or do something. That. Definitely. But, and, and that kind of goes with the air of, of just, uh, music education in general like you know danny is a teacher chris is a teacher austin's a teacher um garrett's a a teacher you know everyone teaches music basically in the band and it's just a good thing to spread um in that form and in the you know the rigorous sort of learning actually what it takes to do this um and you guys are making it easy for people to do that by putting out the charts and stuff so yeah, yeah if you can do something else to further encourage a band to you know, learn the music and, and cover it and do some sort of contest. Like, that'd be badass. That's a great idea. That was, that, we were really excited about that when we, yeah, when they sent it to me. Just because even to just record it also is like right. next level. Right. Yeah. And it was funny because it was a chick singing, which only wow. furthered the, <laughs> the fact that I, sometimes people are like, is that a girl singing when they listen to our <laughs> record? I guess I do sing kind of high sometimes, but. I don't kind think of I sound s- like an ugly girl, man. Uh, ugly? I think I sound like a hot chick. I don't know. I've never thought you sounded like a hot chick. Not a hot chick. <laughs> <laughs> well, fine. Keep working, dude. Keep working. But no, that's a compliment, man. And I, I think that'd be badass. I, I want. I want to hear it. It'd be yeah, cool. Yeah. It's online. Singing. If you yeah. if you Google Captain Squeegee, it's. I think it's one of the. One's most recently uploaded yeah, on the YouTube. I, I will. So. I will post it this week. I will. I'll post it tomorrow. Is it? Is it? Uh, <laughs> is it just audio or is it a video? It's just it? audio. Okay. Just audio. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, no, they went to a studio, and that's how excited they were about the fact that they could play it. Yeah. Sounds pretty good too. Like yeah. we we're. I don't know. We listened to it in the van on tour, and we were all really impressed. So it was kudos to y'all. Especially the drummer, dude. The drummer was hanging, man. Yeah. There's a lot of crazy mixed meter in that song, you know. Yep. All right, so we'll wrap it up here pretty quick, but uh, I just want to ask you guys another question. Um, first, Danny, I would like to know if you can uh, come up with something off the top of your head. <laughs> Who, uh, and and the head on your neck, not your penis, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I know, less exciting than you thought. Calm down. Uh, so what... What are you listening to currently, or what band currently uh, are you excited about, or is uh, having a musical influence on you? Um, that's really hard. I said your head, not your penis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jason. Um, I uh, I don't know. That's really hard. You know, it's weird. I've actually been. Li- I'm on a classical kick right now. Nice. I've been I've been listening to Debussy, mm-hmm. who is like this impressionist composer, 
and uh, he was at the he was at the tail end of the classical era and basically like pioneered jazz harmony. Like everyone that has studied jazz history says, oh, well, jazz really started with Debussy. And uh, yeah, I love his harmonies and he's got the string quartet that I listen to like once every day. I'm like addicted to it. Wow. And then uh, what else? Oh, you know, actually it's funny. I've, because I've been programming a lot of like uh, electronic beats and MIDI and stuff at home and I've been re-listening to some Bjork albums because hmm. the production is just epic, dude. And she's got like, there's that record where she's got that Inuit choir of chicks. It's just a bunch of chicks from like some country. <laughs> and, uh, Probably Iceland, yeah. Yeah, Iceland, right? Yeah. Maybe they're a bunch of Dannys. You're suing their chicks. But... <laughs> it's true, huh? You should hear some of the lucidity tracks from this next episode. Yeah. There, there's a lot of female-sounding Dannys. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying, but then nice. I'm trying to sound like a girl. Yes, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I guess I've been jamming to that. Uh, the new Kneebody album is really good. Uh, they just can't fail. I would love to hear some of your electronic beats. Really? Yes. Yeah, the, I, I I have a lot of electronic music in the new Lucidity episode. Okay. So you'll have to listen for that. And you can actually listen to all all the scores from Lucidity 2 on our band camp. And it's pretty cool. We make a lot of music, but we especially are inspired by other musicians. And Excellent. What about you, Ryan? Um I've been I've been on a snarky puppy kick. Um they're kind of like a Oh, like new jazz gospel funk. Yeah, I don't know what you would call it's it. Like... I, their new release is even almost prog rocky at at points. But anyways, they're they're a band. Uh, it's a bunch of musicians from University of North Texas. It's like a collective sort of. Yeah, and and um and then they paired with some really good players down in Dallas and the Dallas gospel scene. They all relocated to Brooklyn and they play. I don't know. It's like, uh, it's a confluence of. You know, jazz, rock and roll, hip hop, um, funk, a lot, just a lot of really good stuff. Listening to them a lot. And then through them, um, they recorded an album. So they're an instrumental band. They recorded an album with singers. One of the singers um, is in a band called Banda Magda, and it's kind of like a world music uh, jazz pop group, I guess, but it's the French stuff too. Yeah. Yeah. So it's this uh, Greek. The band leader's a, a Greek female, um, and her She's last cute. name is Magda. Um, she plays accordion and she sings. She sings in like several languages: um, French, like Portuguese, English. Um, I don't know what else, but they're really cool. It's a different. It's very different than the stuff that I typically listen to. But um, it's it's nice to get you know get really into one band and then kind of see where that leads you next and that's kind of how i found this other band like french pop stuff like i don't listen to that typically but well cool. if you listen to our music it wouldn't be it wouldn't take long to guess that we listen to a lot of different yeah. types of music right right but yeah did you see that uh, mad caddies have a new album coming out <gasps> no i didn't yeah. i did not that's awesome uh, good f- that's yeah i don't know if they're done recording or if they're in the recording process but that is coming that's, Dude, that's exciting. Sweet. You know, yeah. also, Rx Bandits are doing a crowdfunding oh, campaign yeah. for a new album, too, which is really cool. I saw that they had gotten back together. Yeah. but they're, they're <laughs> It only like... took them like a year. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean, I think they were just going on hiatus, not breaking up. But <laughs> Yeah, yeah, probably. It's I cool. remember being at the farewell show and being really sad, but not pretty happy. Well, you know, I, I think bands that come out and say we're breaking up, those are the drama queens. Right. I mean, I, I think every band breakup is basically a hiatus. It's only a matter of time until yeah. they like 
restructure or do something to come back. Well, Especially really, when they're such make a great money band. still. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what? <laughs> but I mean, you got to eat, man. You got to. <laughs> even if you're a successful band, no, I, I think it's a, a good marketing gimmick to like say, oh, we're breaking up. I we're going on hiatus. Like, th- take a, take a year off. This and is then... a this is a tangent. I don't think that our bandits. I don't think did it was that. a gimmick. I think they I were don't. just like, no, man, we've been no, touring no, no, for like no, no, 15 years yeah. and. Yeah, we're I think just they just need a little see break. See what happens. Yeah, and then I think their fans probably just <laughs> were really sad. I remember, I remember when they announced that they were going to hit us, and just on Facebook, it was like a disaster, dude. People yeah. were like suicidal. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's true, and, and and you know, it's half half a joke, but some of it, I'm sure, some people yeah. were suicidal. I mean, some of these bands do get cult followings. And... Yeah, well, especially a band like Arx Bandits, which is very. Um, their fan base is like very dedicated and involved it seems like um you know it's it would it's a big blow <laughs> if they're going away but it's cool that they're coming back and they're doing it all DIY and and sort of that is pretty cool know. the crowdfunding seems like it's just where everything is going it's it democratizes things uh, uh just by leaps and bounds you know it does and i mean i i think it works particularly well for established bands that have been away for a while that have a solid core following you know yeah. and then then people hear holy shit they're gonna make music again yes take my money right and they have no problem funding those dude albums. that five iron frenzy crap funding campaign oh, that yeah. was insane yeah. dude. it's like a hundred thousand or something yeah. they they got and they got it super fast too. it was way beyond their goal yeah too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no i had tons of tons of diehard fans said right. are you kidding me more music from a band i love yes I think it excites me. I see a lot of, I see a lot of the constraints of the music industry kind of dissolving through crowdfunding, right? In terms of what 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 gets the money, what what is made with the money, how you do both of those things, and you know how much help you really need. So it's exciting. And, and pe- listeners get a better product because they don't have a middleman telling them this is what you should listen to. Yeah. And then, you know, then well, they, they do, but here, well, here's, here's my, my do, little thing it's... about, about the music industry and still the importance of major record labels in the whole industry machine. Yes. There's total freedom. Now people can do all their recording and releasing and everything by themselves, but still the big giants are the ones who are really going to force you down the mainstream public's throat and make them aware that you exist. Without that mainstream machine, you're kind of on your own and you're limited to the crowd you can reach. It's true. However, the definition of success, I think, has changed a little bit in terms of being a band and being an artist and a musician. Well, it depends on how high you are. Well, <laughs> it, it's still, it's still, it still comes down to dollar signs. It's dude. true. Success but, is but money. But you can be sustainable without having to, um, you know, be, uh, be a part of the whole industry. You can still there. There are mechanisms in place now where you can sustain yourself and you can be a viable musician or artist just based on um, the listeners or the consumers' uh, direct connection with you. And that's that's just the internet, basically. It is nice to get help. Though. It it exists, but it's still difficult to attain. Yes, I I mean, you've been oh, doing yeah. it for Hell a yeah. very long time. Jeez, well, yeah, are, are are you living off no. Captain Squeegee? <laughs> no, no, no. Man. <laughs> no. 
Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, all, all the tools are there. All, you know, it, it, it's there for the taking, but still, it takes a lot of It love. does help to get yeah. guidance and support from yeah, people that sure. spend their whole lives just trying to help and musicians. And also the people in the, in the industry and who are successful – are smart, and that's why they're <laughs> successful. So you know, it's not it's not an inherently bad thing to, you know, the, the industry is not inherently bad. There's some yeah. cool like mid level labels too right now that are doing really well. Like Barzook Records is a really great label, and uh, Sergeant House is a really great label. And there's a few labels that I've been following for a while. Just seeing them come go from DIY to like mid status, and then you see a lot of the larger labels kind of like. Crashing and burning. It's it's cool to see the the evening the the playing field even. I think, and I think this has been the case with the music industry for a long time. But it all comes down to people who are passionate about the music to make things happen. Because you know, people who have who have found success, you know, who are mild celebrities or have been in big name bands or whatever. I think when they start forming record labels or decide to get involved yeah. with bands and, and making shows happen and things like that, that's where things happen because they're the ones who have the resources to do it. So you look at Tom DeLonge with Blink-182. You know, he's got his shoe company, Macbeth, and Macbeth gets involved in a lot of uh, concerts in South By and, and things like that where they have a stage. You know, right. and so I, or, I think people another... like that who have, who have money and have success can then make companies – that can have a presence at other con- concerts and, and, and festivals and things and put on smaller, less-known bands to increase their visibility. Definitely. Fat Mike from Fat Records yes. is a perfect example yes. of that. No Effects is a DIY band that right. did it the, you know, the most successful way that I think any DIY band has done, basically. I mean, they're, you know, he has, he, they Legendary. were on Epitaph for a while, but... You know, Mike was just like, well, I can just do this myself. I know how to do it. I'm motivated and, you know, savvy enough to do so. And, you know, they sold millions of records, you know, as as a, a an independent band. I mean, that's and they, they you know, with fat records and, and the help that they do with, you know, all the bands on their label and stuff like that. It's a perfect. Example yeah. With that label. About. Exactly. That's right. <laughs> and I mean, Less Than Jake's a funny example, you know, not of a band that's, you know, giving back. Because I, I don't really see that, but uh, you know, I mean, Vinny's got his label, Paper and Plastic, but uh, you know, they've they're a band that's an example of someone who's achieved success and has their core following. That you know, whenever they play a show, they're going to get that crowd comes out. They release an album, they're going to get all those people yeah. buying their album, no matter what. But you know, they they started their after they were free from the majors, they started their own label to release their albums. But that that last that was temporary. They realized with their latest release to go back to I think Fat, um, because yeah, yeah, you know running running a label is a lot of work, and a lot of that is on the business end right. um, with the distribution and dealing with all the pain in the ass that comes with you know the whole reason to be on a label. Um, and Less Than Jake's a workhorse band that's always on the road. Mm-hmm. So when you're doing that and focusing on making new music and touring behind that music, running a label and dealing with distribution and all that bullshit is like low on the totem pole. It's right. really hard. It's really hard to just manage our band. <laughs> I can't imagine yeah, running a label. <laughs> exactly. Or trying to manage a band that has, you know, hundreds of thousands of fans. Right. You know? Yeah. Insanity. Yep. 
But I do think that's that's the, the key, really, for a lot of lesser-known bands and younger bands to get the exposure. It all comes back to people in the industry, uh, musicians or whatever, who have found success to then, you know, invest that love and passion they have to then make other shows, other albums, other things happen for other bands. I think that's what we're really hoping to see in the next couple of years is uh, to maybe uh, pair up with a band that's doing really well that we're fans of ourselves. Right. And uh, kind of uh, doing some dates with them and trying to work with them. Well, and here's the great thing for you guys. You know, a band that's been around for you know more than a decade, uh, you, know, you form a lot of relationships, and a lot of the bands that were gigantic bands when you were younger – you know, their pop, mainstream popularity, if they had any, has died down a bit, and that makes them more accessible. So now right. these bands that were giants, you know, 10 years ago are now really accessible bands. They come around, they play shows to maybe a thousand people, but, you know, they're not as, like, exclusive or, or unreachable as they were in their heyday. So you see a lot of these bands coming around and you'll see a lot of these bands that were the giants 10 years ago and they all tour together now because they need to, I've to, noticed be, able that. to, right. to <laughs> be able to pull the same crowd they used to be able to pull by themselves. But these people who were just like gods up on this pedestal, you know, are now like on a level playing field pretty much. And that's really cool because it makes it more likely that you'll be able to tour with them, form relationships with them. When 10 years ago, you wouldn't even be able to get a response from them. It's true. And, you know, we've, uh, uh, by being in the scene for so long in Arizona, we've had some pretty awesome opportunities to play with some crazy bands and musicians that come through town. Can you tell them about? I don't know. I don't know if that's confirmed yet. Okay. Ah! Don't do it. There's a really, really awesome show that we're probably going to be doing within the next couple months here. That's great. That's about all we can say. (laughs) It's going to be really funky. That's all I can say. Very funky. (laughs) Excellent. Well, guys, this has been fun, and uh, you know, it's fun to catch up with you guys. I've known you for a few years now, so it's always fun to talk about the past. Yes, the good old days. More than a few years. All right, for anybody who wants to check out Captain Squeegee, and that should be everybody, you can check out their website, CaptainSqueegee.com. Check out the music video, the claymation, because that is magic that needs to be seen by all. The claypocalypse. Claypocalypse. <laughs> you might wet your pants. <laughs> Will. All right, and uh, thanks, guys. It's been fun. And Danny, I'll have you back again. We'll uh, talk some lucidity. Yes. All right. Hooray! Thanks, Jason. All right, thanks to Danny and Ryan for hanging out for a while, keeping the penis talk to a minimum. It was good to catch up with those guys. And I want to give you guys a little teaser. don't usually like to do this before I've got it locked down, but uh, we should have as our guest next week on the show Mr. Dan Madsen from Her Universe. There's some Interesting geeky news that came out recently about her universe and how they partnered up, I think, with Nerdist Industries, and they're going to do something at Comic-Con coming up in San Diego, this uh, sort of geek fashion thing they're doing. So save the details on that. We'll talk more about it next week with Dan. Heck yeah. I love Dan. He's a super nice guy. He's awesome. I'm a big fan. We're all big Dan fans. The Dan Band. The Dan Band. Do you guys know the Dan Band? The name I've definitely heard. 
it's the band in old school where he's singing Total Eclipse of the Heart, and he's like, I fucking need you. Yes. Never. I love that band. They are awesome. Yeah. Anyway, side note. So, guys, guess what? 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 I I have another mystical Tales from the Krebs list. Oh, a story from Caleb's vault? Yeah, but this vault was like this week. Ooh, wow. Fresh. Fresh. It's probably not all that interesting, but I'm just going to tell it anyway. It's probably so, not, but I'd still like to hear it. Okay, so St. Patrick's Day happens. Uh-oh. I'm honestly not too sure what happened before St. Patrick's Day. But anyway... Uh, I, I go, I, I'm, I'm a frequent at this place in town called the Yacht Club. It, it's not what it sounds like. It's like a tiki bar and it's really, really short and everybody in there knows me. So I had this, uh, have you ever had an experience where your body becomes completely possessed by booze and then it's no longer you walking around, it's just booze walking around doing all kinds of crazy shit with your, like, body as a suit? I will not admit to that, but yes. Okay, well... This happened to me on St. Patrick's Day. Uh, I I ended up at the yacht club, and there was a fairly fairly uh, I will say fairly uh, a, a, a attractive female there that I had seen at the bar before, and I thought that she totally thought I was a dingus and never wanted to talk to me again. So, anyway, this total loser guy is badgering this woman, just like will not leave her alone. So I was drunk and didn't care what I was doing. And so I like crawl up on this guy's back and cling to him like a baby koala. And he gets really, very pretty angry. Like not not like I'm going to hit this guy, but obviously annoyed because I'm throwing off his game. Any baby koala could throw a guy's game off or completely make it. So anyway, I'm baby koalaing around on this guy and he's just kind of like getting annoyed and blah, blah, blah. And finally he leaves and the girl was very thankful that I... Uh, that I had had shooed this man away. So uh, I'm standing there talking to her, and just out of nowhere, she's like, so do you want to go on a date? And drunk me was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> and so I, I agreed to go on a date with this female. Well, the night doesn't stop there. She goes on, and, and she had to meet some friends or whatever, so I'm at the bar. I'm really good friends with everybody that, that runs the yacht club. And at a certain point in the night, it's like 2.15, and people, like, they close the bar down at 2.00. And at 2.15, there's just still a ton of people in there. Okay, and I I will preface this with, I don't remember this part. I went back to the Yacht Club uh, the next night, and the the people were like, man, thank you so much for getting everybody out of the bar. That was the funniest thing I've ever seen. (laughs) And I'm like, what happened? Like, what happened at the bar? And they're like, dude, do you not remember? Apparently, there was a group of just, like, loud assholes sitting at this bar, and they said I dolphin jumped into the booth with the people and started flopping around like a fish and finally convinced them all to leave. And I have absolutely no recollection of this whatsoever. So, in in closing, it was a good St. Patrick's Day. So you uh, represented both the um, more forest land animals and the, the water aquatic <laughs> variety. I did. Oh, 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 oh. And this is really crazy. We played a gig the other night, and there was a baby Siberian bear there. Have you ever seen one? They're cute as I've shit. Seen pictures. A, a, a real one? A real one. This lady just had it, like, holding it, and it was, like, sucking on her thumb. Very illegal. And very wrong. It was, an, it was at an auction, and I was wondering, like, are they going to auction the bear? <laughs> and somebody just gets this bear? 
I don't know how auctions work. So, uh, so you're still then uh, planning to go on this date. It wasn't wrecked by any dolphin action. No, she didn't see that, but I'm sure I'll do some equally stupid shit later on if things go well with this said female. Okay. See, this this story is uh, precisely why I'm always nervous to even suggest going to a place like Vegas with you or anything <laughs> where Dolphin might make an appearance. Listen, here's the thing. You know this. You both know this. Anywhere you go with me, it's pretty damn fun. Now, there are certain points where I get in very rare form and I do some some slightly otherworldly shit. And at some point, you both need to witness this. But the flights were just too damn expensive this month and I couldn't make it happen. Yeah. Well, sometime when, uh, I don't know, I can come up with an invisibility cloak so I don't have to be seen with you. Oh, hey, but here's yeah. the thing about Vegas. We can just easily turn our backs and walk away like we never even knew who he was. That's right. So We're not with that totally. guy. We're not with that guy. Some homeless guy who latched onto us. I can just be like the drifter. Yes, there are a lot of those. Yeah. All right, guys. I well, let's wrap up this to... show because it is going to scary places. And, Caleb, we need to keep some of your secrets locked away forever. <laughs> or at least they, until the next will... episode. Yeah, but keep us posted on what happens on this date. <laughs> Yeah. No, next week I'm just going to be really, really drunk, like from the start, like, whatever. She stopped talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was the dolphin thing. I don't fucking know. No, I, I think you need to bring a camera, too, and figure out what to. Uh, yeah. Undercover date. I'd like to see the camera. Caleb. Yes. I want to see I can how have... that plays out. I can hire a friend to film That'd it. That'd be hilarious. Where... She'd totally pick it out. <laughs> She's like, is that guy filming us? No. Like, then uh, you can act like no. the hero again. I'm like, what are you looking at, bro? <laughs> Jump stage, on him like a, uh, a woolly mammoth. Yeah. No, that might Go mess kill him up. a person. But... Go dolphin on his table. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, will, uh, I will produce a, a tusk out of nowhere and stab him with no, it that, that in the heart. No, that probably will end the date there. Yeah. You got you to gotta do something that, that looks heroic. <laughs> and What do you mean no second date? I, I stabbed a guy with a fucking tusk. So, yes, heroics, but nothing illegal. Um, because that would prohibit another date, and uh, then we wouldn't be able to hear about it for a while. Yeah, that's true. So maybe a sloth. Sloth. There They're very yeah gentle and loving. I'm, I'm and sure slow. Caleb's frequently a sloth. But anyway, we'll find out more next week. Thanks for joining us, guys, and thanks again to the guys in Captain Squeegee. You can find out more about their music at CaptainSqueegee.com, and you can find out about more of the latest. Geeky, nerdy news at RoguePlanet.tv. I am Jason, and on behalf of my friends Maureen and Caleb, thank you for wasting your time, and we will talk to you next week. For local.